Hey everyone, thanks for joining this episode of Pulling the Strings podcast powered by Puppet. And I'm delighted to be your host. My name is Demetrius Malbro, and I'm on the product marketing team here at Puppet. And I am really excited today to talk with Martin Alfka. And Martin has been using Puppet since 2007. Also, since 2011, Martin conducts the official training in Germany. So he is the co-founder and CEO at Example42. And Martin supports companies and individuals in having success with IT automation based on Puppet. He also collaborates within the Vox Populi community and co-maintains the approved Example42 modules. Um, He also holds the Puppet Certified professional and the puppet certified consultant certification. So he knows his puppet. All right. So Martin, welcome to Pulling the Strings. How are you today? Thanks. I'm really doing great. Well, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, Let's start off really slow here just by uh, explaining to us what is Hira Data Manager? Yeah, HDM or Hira Data Manager, uh, how we call it, is uh, one of the Example 42 products that we build around Puppet. So at the moment, we maintain, as you already mentioned, our approved Puppet modules on the Forge. We have a super generic control repository uh, that we make available to public, and we have a specific module called Tiny Puppet. So our newest product is our Hira Data Manager. In short, we call it HDM. HDM is a web application which helps people dealing with Hira data. It heavily reduces time needed for data analysis and setting. HDM provides features which are not available either for Puppet Open Source or even Puppet Enterprise. But to get a better understanding on what HDM does, I first need to explain what Hira itself is. Hira is a data store which is built in into Puppet. Mm-hmm. Within Hira, one does provide data to Puppet code, which reflects differences amongst an IT platform. So when you when you usually have IT platforms, you have differences in configuration. That's not something weird or special. This is something we see in every IT infrastructure. To give you some examples, you might have differences in in server configuration. For example, the servers in the first data center need another backup or DNS server compared to servers in another data center. Or when you head to application level, you might have an application in integration stage and you might have an integration application in production stage and each need different database servers configured or they are deployed in different versions or in different settings. So changes and differences in IT infrastructures, this is something that is very common. That is not a problem, but it's a requirement that any configuration management tool has to deal with. And Puppet deals with these differences by using or offering the possibilities of Hira. So the question is now, where do you put all these information about differences in configuration? And Puppet offers you to say, just saying, we have a hierarchical data structure where you can place in these differences. Mm-hmm. So Hira allows us to separate code from data. That has a huge impact on also on CI platforms. We no longer need to add data processing into Puppet code, but we can place the data outside of Puppet code. Puppet is automagically, I really love that term automagically. It's not magic, <laughs> yeah. but it's just happening in the background automatically. That mm-hmm. Puppet queries Hira for data whenever it needs data. 
So I already mentioned this built in into Puppet. So if we want to change a setting, we no longer must change code as we change data only. So this has an impact, for example, for CI CD. We don't need to test the whole code base anymore. We only must test that the data are still valid even after the change. Within Hira, you try to build a hierarchical data structure for Puppet. So you build something like hierarchies. These hierarchies are usually based on Puppet facts, and these Puppet facts are identifiers for different configuration. So usually if the first level you start with is something like a common level. So there you add data where you say most of the systems have these data. And on top of this common layer, you have the possibility to add additional layers where you can override or add data on a specific level. What kind of facts is it that you can use for Hira? Well, these might be something like in which stage is the server running in? Is it a development system? Is it a testing system? Is it a production system? Mm -hmm. You can make differences based, for example, on which data center is the system running on or in which network zone. And you can go up to the level where you say there is a certain application running on a system and maybe you need a combination of application in development state is different to an application in production state. And on top, you usually say there's always one system that is slightly different, and this gives you a node-specific Hira data layer. All of this information is stored either in YAML or JSON files, and it's just key-value pairs. So the key on the left-hand side is always a string. On the right-hand side, you have the data, the value. Mm -hmm. That sounds super easy to do. It is easy to do. So what is the problem now? Why do we need HDM? The biggest problem that we see is when people try to identify which data are taken for a specific node with a specific application from which HIRA level and which data are active and what value are used and are there other layers of HIRA where we have data inside. And this is where HDM comes into place. It's an open source web application that is capable of showing data available for a node. It visualizes all of your higher layers. It checks whether a layer exists. It checks whether there is content, so whether the data are in this layer, and it shows you, visualizes you, which data are finally used by Puppet for that specific node. Just by having this web interface as a visualization, the web interface eliminates the time needed for, for higher data analysis dramatically. So we saw people digging five to 10 minutes, for example, to find out which data are taken from a node by using other things, by, by digging through the code base, digging through all the files, mm -hmm. which in Hira, it's three clicks, it's one minute, and you see all the data. But it's not only about visualization. We also want with HDM to allow people to do changes directly via a web interface. Okay, wow. Thank you for that, that very thorough summary of what HDM is. Um, I am definitely more clear now on, on HDM. Thank you for explaining that. So I guess what were some of the difficulties that people were having before HDM even existed, Martin? Ah, difficulty. As we already, we had it up front, uh, for some companies, they find Puppet difficult, others find it not difficult. So many of people see difficulties in many places. So mm -hmm. the first thing we were saying, we need to make things as simple as possible. So one, for example, a topic that we see uncovered by Hira is the responsibility and access layer. Mm -hmm. So 
who's allowed to view data, who's allowed to change data. This is all something that is not built in into Hira because Hira itself is just plain files. There is no access control for Hira. Puppet reads data and somebody supplies data. So the question now is who needs to change or view which kind of data for which nodes in which data center? So it's more like a responsibility is a pattern that we're trying to, to implement. What is in difficulty? So we don't want to make all the data public to everywhere and everyone in the company. We want to limit access to the data. So when it comes to puppet development, you usually have some kind like puppet infrastructure developers. Um, when you have now to um, manage an application stake with Puppet, you're no longer dealing just with these infrastructure developers. You have people being responsible for an application. And these people want to remain responsible for their application. And these people want to change their applications. And maybe it's even a hard requirement that only an application admin is allowed to change any data for an application. So this is more like a separation of concerns and then maybe from a, from a security perspective. Mm -hmm. This separation of concerns that allows developers, infrastructure developers, to concentrate on their work doing puppet code. And on the other hand, you have application administrators that should have the possibility to independently on the work of the puppet infrastructure developers to change data. So uh, what, what we see at several customers or even within the training courses, people who come to puppet trainings, mostly from an admin perspective, even from the customer side, the people we collaborate with are system administrators. Uh, some of them have heard already about Git. Some of them have never used Git before. So Git is a version control system heavily used by developers, let's say application developers. It's their day-to-day -day work. An application admin knows his application in detail, but maybe they have never learned Git before, they have never used Git before, and they lack the time of learning Git. So the application administrators understand how to maintain and change the application with the least impact. And now you're coming into that company and saying, hey, we are doing DevOps principle now. It's fairly simple. Everybody must just use the same developer tools as developers do, and this includes Git. When someone has never worked before with Git, this is a pain. People have to learn about Git, how to use it, how it is working. Uh, they have to configure specific settings. Yeah. This takes time, and it needs people's time and motivation. When we see at customers, the work that application administrators are doing is that they are fully busy maintaining their application. Maybe they have several applications. Maybe they have even other projects they have to take care of. And on top of that, they have to react on something like monitoring incidents, some alerts or stuff like that. So these people are definitely the people that say, can't we have it more simple? A more simple way to visualize and even modify high-run data. And that's the point where HDM kicks in. It's a web interface. You don't need knowledge on Git. You just click by choosing the Puppet environment. You select a node. Within a second, you see all the data keys that are available in Hira. By clicking on a data key, you just see which Hira keys are there, which Hira keys have data, and which is the data that are taken into account for a specific for that selected node. Let's say it's a one, two, three process. Okay. First, select the puppet environment. Second, select the node where you want to visualize the data for. And third, select the key. And now you have all the information that you need. 
Okay, yeah. Thanks for walking us through that process. And it seems like there are a few options that you have there. And you mentioned developers. And one thing that that I've learned uh, just at my six months here at Puppet is that developers like multiple options and, you know, multiple ways of doing things, especially like when they can go to their keyboard and start pounding out commands and things like that. So is, is there another way to, to do it, Martin, like the command line? Yeah, there is a command line tool. It's the Puppet Lookup command. Ah, okay. This already gives you some support in that direction. But you must consider that this command must be run by a privileged user, the root user, directly on a Puppet Master. So what we usually see at customers is that from a security perspective, they want to limit access to the Puppet Master, the heart of their automation, to as few people as possible. Right. So this means now either that the Puppet infrastructure developer or Puppet admins must run the command on behalf of an application admin, sending him the email, see, this is the output. Uh, So this causes additional workload on the Puppet admins. And we have the same problem here. It's not only that they take care of Puppet, they might have different things like storage, like, like logging, so they have additional work to do. Since you mentioned you six months with Puppet, you missed last year's uh, Puppetize event in Portland, Oregon. Yeah, I did. Ah, okay, it was a pity. It was really a great event. And uh, within the keynote, Yvonne, your CEO, uh, said, said a great thing over there, which is what Puppet would like to take care that people that work on IT get rid of soul-crushing work. So doing the same things over and over again and not getting any benefit out of this. So... The mentioned process like now, and Puppet, an application admin, sends an email to a Puppet admin, please uh, give me the information for that node on that data. The Puppet admin runs the command. This is not elimination. This increases soul-crushing work. And besides this, to be honest, reading the output from the Puppet lookup command is super hard because it's multiple lines. You need to understand the content of each of the lines, uh, and you just don't run the Puppet lookup command to get an understanding which hierarchies are there and which data are taken. Is You must use, for getting these information, you must use the explain parameter to that command. And yeah, I do remember 2019 Puppetize keynote uh, from Yvonne. Um, where she did mention soul crushing work. And I, I can, it, it definitely resonates with me because, you know, I've been in the IT industry for over 20 years and I've definitely had my share of soul crushing work tasks, you know, back in the day when I had to wear a pager and I was on call uh, when a system went down and I had to actually, I was responsible of recovering that system. So it was, yeah, yeah definitely soul crushing. And I had to work on Christmas one day, which was even uh-huh. more soul crushing. Yeah. Fully, fully can understand this. So do, do you have any, I just mentioned some of my war stories, right? So Martin, do you have any war stories of your own that maybe HDM helped overcome some challenges around? Well, let's say it this way. When someone works for 20 years in IT and does not have a war story, he did definitely <laughs> something wrong. Um, right. So I especially have a war story specific for this use case. Uh, it was one of the most severe impacts on IT infrastructure I've ever seen before. This all happened prior we had the idea for developing HDM. And uh, j- just to give you a first understanding, it was caused by incorrect YAML Hira data. Mm. So we had a customer and uh, the customer was also managing the VM management solution via Puppet. Mm-hmm. Um, so and one day they changed, they, they introduced a small 
unintended change to the YAML data structure, they had a review process mm-hmm. and no one took care on the single missing white space character in the review process in the YAML files. Hold on. You, you, you gotta, you gotta stop right there, Martin. So you said like one missing white space character brought this on, but yes, one missing white space character that changed the Hira data. So mm-hmm. the Hira data are in YAML and YAML is like Python. So a white space okay. has a specific meaning to it. Mm. And you must apply these changes properly when you deal with YAML. That's not the problem where you deal with JSON data. JSON data are fully described, but YAML uses white spaces to identifying uh, whether something is a string or an array or whether it becomes a hash. Mm-hmm. So they had a review. They did the merge process. They merged everything in production. And Puppet did what it was supposed to do based on the data. So in this case, the data meant that the virtualization machine should not have any running VM. It should not have any network. It should not have any kind of virtualization systems in the background where it can deploy virtual machines. So Puppet removed all 1,200 running VMs, which were specifically for a build process at the company, within seconds. This included the Puppet Master, the Git server, the Wiki, the ticket system. Luckily, the backup server was still bare bones or still bare hardware. So they were able to re-spin up the system by using their backup system. Ah, okay. But Uh three days. It took three days to restore everything. They had 100 developers, 50 permanent employees, 50 freelancers, and just doing some rough calculation, that's almost 60,000 euros per day, let's say 50,000 US dollars per day, where people were just sitting there and they couldn't do anything, nothing, no tweaking, no ticket system. They could just do some uh, reduced sprint form, like uh, uh, do do a review and uh, planning was not possible. And uh, maybe they just do some some, uh, reviews uh, within their sprint. So so it sounds like, it, it wasn't Puppet's fault. It was the white space character's fault. It was a white space character fault no one took care about, nobody was interested in. And this case showed us. Yeah, I think we, we have the name of this podcast episode. Blame it on the white space character. <laughs> It was not the DNS problem, (laughs) it's the white space problem, yes. (laughs) So this case showed us that analysis of data structure is an essential topic when it comes to Hira. And this is also one of the core features that we would like to see to have an HDM. So HDM can then just refuse storing false data structure or incompatible data structure. Yeah, that was definitely a a war story that uh, I, I haven't heard one quite at that scale before. And I've never seen another one at that scale. I'm sure that someone may have um, gotten a pink slip that day or may have a, a slap on the wrist or. Uh, so let, let, let's say this way. No, nobody was very happy, uh, but everybody said we're dealing with people and uh, we're dealing with innovative people and innovative people can do errors. So uh, I was very happy that nobody was blamed for doing this. Uh, everybody took a serious and uh, they tried to, to provide actions to not have this happen again. OK, yeah, that, that that's fair enough. We we are humans and, and we make mistakes and computers make mistake if you leave a white space character in there, too. So it just goes to show everyone is prone um, to a to a mistake. But the computer was doing what it was supposed to do. So we talked a little bit about 
you know, what HDM is um, from the beginnings all the way up to uh, some of the more advanced types of things that you can do with HDM. So uh, let's go a little deeper or maybe a little higher with the the level of maturity that you think HDM is at uh, right now at the moment. So uh, we made HDM an open source product. We decided to uh, put it under an Apache 2 license. And to be honest, it's still under heavy development. Okay. We decided to head for an open source model because we believe that this model brings value to anybody, whether an individual or a company, it makes no difference. Open source is a success model. It's the same like Puppet did with uh, Puppet open source and then adding their enterprise product. Mm -hmm. The biggest problem for us is all the people within Example 42, we are not developers. So uh, na- naming us a developer would be something like a uh, insult to every developer in the world because we say no developer can code as bad as we. Um, <laughs> yeah. I know, I know that especially uh, Stefan is uh, already mentioned uh, by saying this, you already gained some level of expertise other will never reach, um, but uh, we are still not developers. So that's the reason why we're super excited to have uh, Stefan and his team. Uh, he's a very experienced Ruby on Rails developer, and they are now taking over as by today, by the way. We just uh, signed the contract. Wow. Uh, so they are taking over the lead development. So we have the idea and they do the implementation. Congratulations. We still want this to be open source because we want anybody to be able to contribute, whether it's just reporting an issue, whether it is by improving the documentation or writing an article, anything of this is still possible. And of course, we still need some additional support and fixing and improving HDM. So we believe it makes more sense, maybe even engage the public community within this product uh, so we get more open source support. So everybody who's interested in HDM, just get in contact with us, open issues for us. Uh, uh, what functionality do you need inside? What is working for you? What is not working for you? So the next two months, we will spend the time and the budget on getting HDM stable and ready for production. We want to solve all of the existing issues we have at the moment, and we want to add some of the core required missing features, uh, like I mentioned with the data analysis. We also have ideas um, of making bringing HDM into enterprises. Enterprises have some different feature requests. For example, they don't want to have a uh, I can see, I can't see login. They want to have some kind of rule-based access control. So which user is allowed to modify or even see data for which node or even down to other node, what kind of data is he able to see or not to see? Within the initial product, we just store everything back onto file systems, maybe a Git repository, but some companies have the requirement to say, we need to have some four eyes review principle. So not the person that changes the data is allowed to bring these data into production. There must be somehow an approval process. And we consider doing something like Git merge reviews on data changes, but build them into Hira, into HDM, into the Hira data manager, so that people don't have to deal with Uh, Git at all. Um, This allows us to grant access, for example, on hierarchy names or node names or node groups for a single user or for groups of users. We get something like a four eyes approval of changes, and we're looking forward to have a stable release with hopefully US packages, uh, maybe even a container within the next two months. Uh, So basically, we plan to do another Christmas present for the Puppet community by example 42, by saying on Christmas, we have the release ready. 
Ah, that's going to be a great Christmas present. So everyone uh, be on the lookout for that Christmas present from Example 42 and HDM and the next level of HDM. Um, so Martin, thank you for taking time out of your day to uh, really go through and explain to us what HDM is. Can you also provide our uh, listeners details on you know how they can reach out to you on social media? Yes, for sure. Uh, so personally, I'm available by my nickname Tuxmia. Um, there's also the nick uh, Example42. Uh, we have a GitHub account, so everything is placed on GitHub. So just open your browser, https double, uh, colon double slash github.com slash example42 slash hdm. This will bring you directly to our hdm repository. Uh, open a ticket over there. Ping us on Twitter. Uh, notify us on Slack. Uh, you will find me, Tuxmia, or Alessandro Franceschi Alvagante uh, is his nick on Slack. You will also find us there. Okay, and Tuxmia is T-U-X-M-E-A for everyone. Correct, yes. Yes, okay. Awesome. Well, any any final, I guess, closing words you want to take us out of the Pulling Strings episode podcast? Yes. Please, everybody, stay safe. We're living in difficult times. Take care of people who need help. Try to help local business, go local, buy local, um, and whatever you do, do it in an open mind, build up communities and share, because what I believe is sharing is caring and caring is something everybody needs nowadays. All right. We can all use some more sharing and caring, um, especially during these trying times. So, Martin, I would like to thank you for sharing with us on Pulling the Strings podcast powered by Puppet. It was a pleasure being with you. Thank you. Have a great week. 